0: Hey, Gather, Grow, Go family. This is Pastor Daniel. And as we get started today, I just want to let you know some exciting news. We are now published authors. Pastor Melissa and I have written an Advent devotional guide, and it will be available here very soon on Amazon for your Kindle version or your paperback. Or uh, if you're here local, you can come by the the church and, and get a copy. Hope is found. Where do we find hope this time of year?
1: We find hope at the dinner table and the carols we sing and the stories we tell around our Christmas tree and the candlelight and the manger and even in the aftermath of it all. Mm-hmm. I am a big fan of waiting to decorate until the day after Thanksgiving Absolutely. has ended for Christmas, but I am a big fan of going ahead and knowing what Advent devotional I'm going to do in this year. I'm really biased, but it's real easy because it will be out and ready for you to click order on, and it's Hope is Found.
0: Hope is Found, and we really do hope and pray that this uh, work speaks into your life in a powerful and profound way, that you are able to find hope in the spaces that you live, in the communities you gather, um, in the songs you sing, in the stories Mm -hmm. you tell. It, It really is a wonderful uh, wonderful invitation that God has given to us. We hope you join us in celebration. As we normally do, we invite you to, to share uh, on your favorite social media platforms. The link will be available That's as right. soon as this podcast drops. You'll find it in the in the notes for the podcast uh, so that you can share and hopefully we can reach people beyond our Gather, Grow, Go family. Mm-hmm. And now you're tired of our plugs. You're ready for the podcast.
1: There I am standing in this barn for a wedding, right? So it's a fancy barn. Swanky barn. Swanky barn. Swanky. And I have
0: $7,000 for the night. Probably. Probably, yeah.
1: I've arrived about two hours early because I'm officiating this wedding. Mm -hmm. And that's when I found myself in the middle of a story.
0: Okay.
2: Oh
1: man. And so as I stood at the bar uh, that would later that evening serve things like Thornton's punch um, and other nerdy uh, offerings, I saw the bartenders unloading as I was killing time. These boxes of wine, and out of the boxes of wine, they pulled out the red for the night. And on the label, it's this black simple label with this red vine work that runs through the whole thing and this large a that's in the middle of it and under it it says Apothec.
0: Mm, yeah mm.
1: and no longer was i leaning against a swanky barn bar but instead i was in my wedding dress on my wedding day um, at the Victory Arts Center, old 1920s, 30s, art deco kind of style for, mm-hmm. um, for the big party and celebration. And you see, uh, the day before, I had had a vase that one of the owners had knocked over Mm. and it happened to be a Waterford crystal vase of that they is. knocked oh over. And he was so apologetic that day, and it was fine. You know, there's nothing to be done um, other than clean up uh, spilt Waterford crystal, right, mm. and move on.
0: Sweeping dollar bills into the That's right. trash can. Yeah.
1: Nothing more to be done. And and so the night of my wedding, there I sit, um getting ready for everyone else's going through the line to get dinner. And here comes the owner. And he presents to us this bottle of wine from his private collection. Hmm. And it was the first time I had drank an apothic red wine. And you see, Patrick and I really enjoyed it. And we thought, well, that'll be the only time we get to enjoy it because it came from the man's private cellar. But if anyone who frequents the wine aisle of the local HEB knows, let's say I've seen it at HEB Bird, <laughs> like, yeah. You know that that bottle of Apothic Red goes for about eleven dollars <laughs> at most. Oh yes. yeah. <laughs> I was like, that is so
0: good really and funny. and it was his incredible gesture of great that's right sorrow i'm sorry i broke a hundred dollar vase uh-huh. or two hundred dollar vase or however much yep. right and and my gesture is to sell to these young unsuspecting <laughs> that's right poor little college student young people uh-huh. or just post-college just post-college Forgive i mean me. he was
2: right though you it know, worked. It worked. It
0: like <laughs> worked classic. until you went
2: to Kroger.
1: <laughs> so you better believe, though, I don't drink oh. much red wine. Um, yeah. That I drank a glass it's of Apothic that night. Because ap-
2: right. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> like, you're drinking eleven dollar wine. <laughs> oh,
0: that is so good. That is so. It, it is amazing how when we encounter a story, a new. When we try to see ourselves in different places, in that your 23, 24 year old self mm-hmm. received it as a, oh, wow, this is yep. amazing. And now your 30 year old self goes, man, that guy ripped us That's off. That's right. Right. And he's going the whole time, going, I hope this works. I hope this uh, works. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Um, no matter who you are in a particular story, the way you experience the totality of the whole thing is so radically mm-hmm. different. Right. Yeah. Because I can see him handing you the bottle of water. Or the bottle of wine. That's Basically Jesus' wine. work. <laughs> right, that is Jesus' work. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's the story we should read for now. <laughs> there we go. The uh, he, he hands you the bottle of wine, and uh-huh. you receive it with great sort of, not reverence, but awe and thanksgiving yeah. and all of that. And internally, he's going, whew, they bought it. That's ah. right.
1: And you know, it also tells you that when you enter into stories over and over again, I can tell you for the first couple of years, When we first saw that bottle of wine again, it was at a CVS, and you know, the CVS price was like $15 Uh for the bottle. Um, I can tell you that there was much anger in my soul. (laughs) Um, as the person who had had the you know, the wool pulled over her eyes, Uh but uh now at my 30 year old self, all I can do is but toast that man with the same uh, well done, sir, middle shelf. Bottle of red.
0: Yes, man. That uh, man. And and there's something about the CVS thing that that it's more expensive at CVS. Yes, and yet your esteem of it drops by like yes. fivefold, even below like grocery store wine, right? Uh-huh. Because I, I, I am them. a grocery store wine guy. Me I mean too. I'm not doing right. swanky. Yeah. You know. Uh, you know. We are. Well, if Kroger
2: counts, Kroger has like a pretty big selection it's of wine. It's still I'm just, grocery. I mean, yeah. 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 It's still grocery store
0: though. So we were in. <laughs> So I w- we sing in the Cleburne Community Chorus, mm-hmm. right? And, and one night we realized we had not gotten money for our babysitter Love who it. was watching the kids while we were singing in, in rehearsal. And so we stopped by Kroger to, mm-hmm. to buy something to get the $25 cash back because we, che- we mm. bank at a bank that does not have a branch here in Cleburne. Um, and so you can't yeah. go to the ATM. And, and so we download Venmo I, you know, <laughs> we, tell that to the babysitter um, okay. we have Venmo I was going to um, say I feel like you have Venmo the 17 year old babysitter does not um, interesting the, uh, she may be listening to this too by the way which would be interesting but, um, so we stop at Kroger and, and we're going to we thought, what are we gonna get? Uh-huh. Well, let's go check out the white section. They have the it is a in the middle yep. row. It is not a, a top row. It's, it's not, not the bottle. $30
1: no, level. No, but
0: yeah. it's the it's the $15.99 on sale for $10.99
1: uh-huh.
0: row. Um this bottle of wine that made my dad joke pun loving self very, very happy. Uh, it's called Sheep Thrills and it has oh a oh my the, god the label has <laughs> no. this sheep that, it, that is parachuting uh huh um, I've seen wow. it skydiving <laughs> no. and, no. and you know it's classy cause it's got a screw top no on the top of it. it's not uh, cork. how did no. it
1: make it to the middle row with the screw top it's, it's
0: all about the label it's all it's just the label it's I was sold. gonna
1: say the label well, yeah.
2: cause like Marketing is all about like the color scheme and like the how it looks when you look at it. So you can see a label and go like, "Oh, that looks like pretty good," and then you look at the price tag and you go, "Oh, it's a little pricier." Like maybe I'll do it, but if I pick it up and it has a screw top, like I'm putting it back down. <laughs> there's no like, there's no like, that's
0: like the third thing. The the label sold me, and, and the, the hilarious thing <laughs> no. about this story, and I haven't talked to him, I think about, the I'd dad love to joke. hear his perspective okay. on it, um, was. As we were going to the checkout, I ran into a member of our personnel committee here at the church, our SPRC, mm-hmm. and we had a great 10 minute conversation. I'm just sitting here holding this judgment worthy, right. terrible bottle of wine uh-huh. as the preacher in the Kroger. Yeah. Um, and so it Reminder, is. Reminder
1: we are Methodists.
0: We are Methodist. Hashtag, <laughs> uh, thank God. Um, no, the all things in moderation. Uh, but it is, it is be interesting to see and encounter his version of that story at the same time. I see an encounter, my dad joke-oriented version of that story. Because I watched my wife. All she was doing the whole time was just shaking her head at me like, you are a fool. Uh Um, You and your puns. Um, That's right. Now, the truth is, for a screw-top bottle, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't good, (laughs) but it wasn't terrible. The,
1: the, The level of wine connoisseurship in this
0: room is um it, it's, it's high class it's real high, high class, it, high class. We, we have great descriptions good bad yeah i don't know yeah. <laughs> on that note Welcome to the Gather, Grow, Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel.
1: I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm just Kiefer.
0: Today on the podcast, we are excited to continue in this story, uh, or continue in this season, of asking ourselves, how do we read the Bible? How do we encounter the Bible? And and just a little refresher, over the last couple weeks, you've been reminded that it all begins by starting to do it. It, This is the Nike approach. you got to do it. Yeah. Um, Just do it. Just do it. Pick up the Bible and begin to read. Um, We've also... Remembered together that, that often we have the opportunity to encounter Holy Scripture, not just from a single point of view or a single perspective. The 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 notion that we may have heard growing up that says the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. Right. Um, but that really there are multiple ways that we can encounter Holy Scripture and we can be enriched in that encounter. Uh, we can try to figure out what the author was trying to say. We can try to figure out what this says to our 21st century life today. Mm-hmm. We, we can try to actually just engage with what it says on the page. Uh, we also, last last week, got to experience Lectio Divina, or as I listened back to it later, Kiefer's version of the Texan, Lecto Divina. Lectio
2: Divina. There you go. Lectio Divina, um, that's right. what I said. Divina, Divina, that's Divna. what it was.
0: Um, today we're going to get to encounter a whole new way of encountering Holy Scripture. And, and, and you may have gotten a hint as to where we're headed in our little intro here this morning, because today we are looking at a way of reading scripture called the Ignatian method. And Ignatian is all about entering into the story. And so Mm -hmm. this is not a method that you would use with an epistle all that often.
2: No, Uh, it'd be a a little tricky.
0: It would be a little hard. Um, But it is one that is fantastic for Gospels. It's fantastic for the narrative portions of our Old Testament. Which
1: there's plenty of.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And and it, it just is a way in which we can not just read the story again, but try to immerse ourselves in it. Mm -hmm. You know, I was really
2: hoping I was going to find a way to bring this in. I did a Harry Potter marathon this weekend. (laughs) And I know uh, there actually is. Do you have any more of that wine? No. (laughs) Unfortunately, no. He he didn't want to
0: hear about my Baylor football game earlier, but now I get to hear about the Harry Potter. Okay, here we go. Okay,
2: okay. (laughs) I will will ask you about the Baylor game later. I will. I'm going to make a point. But um, so – We Game of Thrones also recently ended this year, and while we were watching Harry Potter, me and my and my friends over this weekend, we were um, the whole story is told and written even in the books uh, from Harry's perspective. So you're only Mm. ever getting one like that person's emotions, and we were finding ourselves a cool thing that the movie movies are better able to do than books sometimes because of this is you can kind of see other people reacting in different ways, and you get a little bit more insight into characters and the actors take on the characters and stuff like that. But um, whereas game of Thrones, the way that it's written is very specifically and distinctly. Like every chapter is a different person's name and it is told from, so you get all these different perspectives of these, of these people that are not even interacting at all. And you get a bunch of, more you, you get a lot more insight into the character's feelings and things like that and we just found ourselves you can ourselves...
1: also get very lost in the storyline oh, yeah. very quickly <laughs> you're in like... that style of book if you're not keeping <laughs> yeah. up or if you're taking a long time to read it yeah
2: you're like now you what get... do i remember and who said yeah me? exactly yes. yeah, yeah you gotta you gotta read that really <clears> thing <throat> quick to remember stuff but mm-hmm. but the point was though that we found ourselves like kind of being like man i wish we got a little bit more of like ron's insight more often like what ron was actually experiencing when something else happened or what Mm -hmm. hermione was actually experiencing and i think that that just speaks to stories are just enriched if you get kind of if you can put yourself in multiple different perspectives if you get all of the different things that can happen and how different people can be affected in a situation um i think you just get more out of it because everybody's different and everybody can encounter things differently and everybody gets different things emotions thoughts experience from even just the same moment
1: i really thought you were gonna make a throwback to last week where we did lectio divina because there's a podcast i don't know if y'all are familiar with it called harry potter and the sacred text oh yeah. where they yeah, do yeah, yeah. yeah. and it, so there's a <laughs> podcast i'm just shaking my there. head because I, yeah. <laughs> I really didn't mean to
0: like uh, just
2: drag it into nerd territory no right. this is
0: good this is good two-thirds where, of the world where yeah. they do uh-huh.
1: uh they do Lectio divina with Harry Potter text. Oh, cool. And so it it yeah. actually does some of that work where you can experience some mm. of those other emotions of different characters just by exploring um, more of the territory of what's happening and who we know those characters to be and how they act and interact in the world. Mm. Um, and it's a powerful thing. Yeah, And that kind of brings us to, I feel like, these kinds of examples from the stories we've told to Harry Potter and wondering what game of Thrones lenses Mm -hmm. on Harry Potter would look like is pretty much what you do when you encounter the Ignatian way of story reading of, uh, through the Bible. Well,
0: because the Ignatian way begins with an acknowledgement that, that we read Holy scripture, we encounter, let's say the gospels, from a very harry potter like perspective right we have the perspective of the omniscient narrator we know (laughs) everything that is going to happen and we or we we know everything that is broadly happening and and a lot of the characters in the story don't have the context Mm -hmm. that we do as the hearers or the readers of it right and so we say we're starting from this place but how might this be enriched by diving into this angle or this angle or this angle along the way? So
1: what are the practicals?
0: So I think we start by just centering yourself, right? Mm -hmm. In order to go to a new place, oftentimes we have to pause long enough to leave the old place. Right, yeah. So you begin with rest and peace. And I mean, 30 seconds, two minutes, you know you better Mm -hmm. than we do. How long does it take you to get to a place where your mind is clear?
2: And I think part of that is like resetting and because sometimes a lot of times if, you know, you've been around the church for a long time or you've been around scripture for a long time, like you've read these stories before. And so part of that centering and thing probably, at least for me, would have to do with like, okay, don't just read this story again. To read it again, like there, you it's get. Let me get rid of all of the things I know. Air quotes are happening. Mm, know yeah. about this story and what all the characters represent and all this, all the stuff. And let me just come at it with like a new blank slate is sort of
1: Always. what I go into it with love using the imagery of telling people to take off their glasses Mm -hmm. that they've been reading Mm -hmm. the story with so sometimes we read stories through rose-colored glasses Mm -hmm. even with the bible right we want to make things really pretty but sometimes there are political undertones that we're missing because we've got those or sometimes a lot of times i think we have the what i call the sunday school classes uh sunday school glasses on and what i mean by that is like from when we're little like if we encountered Mm. these stories from childhood are we reading the stories through the same lens that a child would read the story still well it's jonah
2: right it's jonah yeah
0: you know, the, it's
1: Noah's Ark.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely. In fact, I've encountered Samson and Delilah. That story, like somebody came yeah. at it from an Ignatian perspective one time, and they it kind of humanized Delilah for me. The first time I heard somebody do it, where mm-hmm. it was not just like, okay, this story is about Samson and Delilah represents this like a one dimensional right. thing, and like it's it's like no, Delilah is a person in the story too. But we the point that they were trying to write from was the perspective that was always written from in back in the day and that was the man center <laughs> character of the story but yeah. you know it was I, I remember being like oh i can think about like all these other people that are in these stories too mm-hmm. it's not always just about jesus or whoever is in the the yeah. story there's there's multiple things happening
1: so step one breathe deep Yep. yeah uh, and center yourself let go of whatever distractions you may have you know you know you you know what gets in your way yep step two Remove the glasses, remove the things that you think you, quote unquote, know about the story you are encountering. Absolutely. Step three.
0: Step three is once you know what story you're going to encounter, mm-hmm. encounter it attentively. Okay. So read it slowly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Read it multiple times, right? Pay, you know, Paying attention to the story itself and, and, and I'd imagine that it's likely that something will jump out of you that you didn't hear or see before, right? Yeah. The detail mm-hmm. will will jump a, a moment. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little moment of interaction, right? Where mm-hmm. two, two people come together and you go, ooh, what is happening there? I want to yeah. spend more time in that place. Pay attention to what is sparking because that yeah. will guide yeah. you going forward.
1: Yeah, and so oftentimes I find that after my first attentive reading, that slow reading i will um if i have a piece of paper or a journal next to me i will then write out who are all the characters that Mm. i encountered Mm -hmm. and i try and do it just from memory but sometimes i might skim it again to see if i missed someone yeah so you know um let's just pick a story at random what do Zacchaeus. We want to, Zacchaeus. Okay, so if we're thinking of Zacchaeus just from our collective memories around the table, yeah. Zacchaeus is going to get written down on the paper, and Jesus is Jesus is, yes. is going to get written. And, and there was
2: definitely at least a few people that were there was a crowd yeah, that was right. gathered,
1: and then there's also like disciples. I don't remember. Yeah, the disciples are there. All twelve. Uh, I don't it, know. I don't know. Um, but you know, you could. When you're reading the story, you could look: Was it all twelve? Do we yeah. know, or do we just know the disciples? Disciples, yeah. And then we also know that there's some kind of grumpy group, and from recollection, I don't remember if it's Pharisees, teachers of the law, or someone like I that. I thought it was
2: just citizens because they're specifically mad that he's a tax that collector. he's the tax he's a tax collector, and they like know him. And I
1: felt like there was a specific group, but anyways, this okay. is just from maybe top of my brain but maybe not but anyway so I would go through the story and you know perhaps you wrote in like maybe I just wrote that in and you might have to go back and check yourself and say oh that wasn't a character (laughs) that I just wrote in or sometimes maybe you
0: can't get the Zacchaeus was a wee little man out of your head and and Uh that's part of the taking the glasses off part (laughs) that's right right. yeah and then there's also informed by the song not by is What's
1: there like, happening in the story. Yeah.
2: Grand differences between the song and the story? Not really. Oh man. Other than something.
1: And then there's um like a lot of times I think actually people miss like the crowd
0: mm-hmm. that's in
1: it. Like the crowd counts. There's a if there's a group of people, that counts. So that's kind of what I do after that first slow attentive reading is I look for the characters. Mm-hmm. Um and then so that's the end of step three. Yep. Read it well. Read it well. And then step four.
0: Step four is you put your Bible aside, right? Mm-hmm. You, you close it up and, and you almost kind of recenter yourself. Yeah. Um, and you try to picture in your mind's eye the scene, right? You try to yep. place yourself mm-hmm. there uh, intellectually or it kind of in, in, within your imagination. And, and you begin to look around and try to make mental notes of, like, what is happening all around me? You mm-hmm. know, today, the weather has changed dramatically. Right. And the weather, the wind has blown like crazy. So if we were to mentally place ourselves outside right now, we'd feel the wind whipping against us and Mm -hmm. we'd see the leaves blowing and we'd hear that rustling and, and we'd look up at the cross to make sure it hadn't fallen off the steeple. That's right. You know, we, we do. So you ground yourself in that kind of way in the, in the environment of the story you're encountering. Mm -hmm. Right. You begin to look around, you let your imagination go. Um, and you know I think try to as best you can engage all of your senses. Right. Right. Taste, smell, sight, sound, um, feel. Mm-hmm. Right. What do. Uh, and there's
1: you- a lot of feeling kind of things that we miss in our stories of the bible
0: mm-hmm. like
1: you mm-hmm. know there's this big moment where jesus is walking through a crowd of people and there's you know the disciples are around him trying to kind of like i imagine bodyguard, bodyguard him, him through yeah. it right and then there's a moment where he just jesus just stops in the middle of the crowd and he says who touched me and the disciples are like what do you mean? Who 7,000 touched people you? are touching you. Yeah. Right now. But there's yeah. this moment where he was like, No, like <laughs> I felt power leave me. And it was from no. a woman who believes so deeply and she just touched the edge of his cloak. Mm. Like, can you feel the fibers of Jesus's cloak in your hand? Yeah.
0: Or even like if we go back to Genesis and the story of Adam and Eve after they've uh, eaten the apple and they're being. You know they've realized their nakedness, and and we have this description of of the clothes air quotes that they put mm-hmm. on, and they're made out of fig leaves. Yeah. Right. Have you ever touched a fig leaf? It's itchy. It's <laughs> it scratchy. It's yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. And so, you know, they the author hopes that you will go there and that right. you will know that, and oh, yeah. but you don't because their new reality is radi- is much more it's gone from idyllic to uncomfortable mm-hmm. in in so many multi-layered leveled yep. ways of doing things mm-hmm. and if we're not able to create imaginatively place ourselves in the touch sphere with that yeah uh, we miss that yep we miss that piece of importance So once you're in the environment where you go then
1: so what what you do is you just, let the story unfold around you Mm. and you don't, you don't try and control what's going on. You don't try and rationalize something or use your intellect to make it this way or that you allow whatever emotions are coming up within you um, to be there. And you allow yourself to just be fully impacted Mm. by the story.
0: Mm. Yeah. This is a time for no judgment, and lots of noticing yes right be attentive to what is happening in, in the environment in the story in you mm-hmm. um in, in whichever sort of and one of the things that we we didn't name in this is we place ourselves in the scene sometimes you can actively place yourselves in the in the position of one of the people in the story yeah. right and
1: that's where that character list that we mentioned yeah can become so helpful yeah yeah. So you can actually go You can be through. the fly on the
0: wall or yeah. you can be one of the individual people.
1: Yeah. And sometimes it's interesting. And I think that's why, you know, you let the drama unfold on its own the first round by just you being placed in it. Mm. Um, and then you might be able to back away from yourself in the story just enough to notice Where did you put yourself in the story? Mm, Where did you just naturally go to? Because that might be telling you something about where you are in your spiritual walk. Are you in the crowd of people? Are you the woman that's reaching out and touching Jesus? Mm. Are you, Adam, putting on the fig leaves and are very Mm. uncomfortable, right? Right. Right. Um, And even sometimes, and I know people might go like, oh, is that even okay? But like sometimes... You might even put yourselves in the shoes of Jesus,
0: mm, yeah. and
1: that's okay too.
0: Well, and, and I think part of the you know we remember we have been called to be little Christ's. That's right. right. Yeah. Um, and and in, what a better way? What a better way than to try to to put yourself in in, in his perspective, in his mm. shoes, and and not to go stereotypical. Although I guess we went through this last we Lent, did. but people ask the question, "What would Jesus do all the time?" Right? Mm-hmm. Well try to put yourself literally in the shoes in the middle of the story or in the sandals in the middle of the story and see what happens. Yeah. Right. Right. See what unfolds before you, what rises to the surface, how things are different. How do you see Zacchaeus differently as a member of the crowd Mm -hmm. who who knows this is the guy who has taken 90% of your money for the last however many years of your life, and every time you see him coming, you want to punch him in the face. That's right. But instead of punching him in the face because you don't want to die, you instead give him nine out of the ten dollars in your pocket.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah.
0: How does your perspective of Zacchaeus change when you move from that place?
1: Your perspective of Zacchaeus and of Jesus yeah. in that place. Yeah.
0: yeah. What, and, and then when you move to be in the shoes of Jesus,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how, do you sh- how does that inform <clears throat> how you see Zacchaeus? How does it inform how you see the person you just were? Yeah. When, when you were a member of the crowd, angry and bitter yep. um, at the wee little man. Mm-hmm. The first time. The wee little man. The man. <laughs> the wee, wee little <laughs> man was he. Being the wee, the. <laughs> yeah. The wee little man was a representation of the man, and nobody liked him. That's right. Yeah. Right. Um. Man. I don't know.
2: I, this is, I just thinking about how often, the first time I did Ignatian, or was led through an Ignatian, like I, I now cannot read stories that involve the Pharisees or the Sadducees or the people that are like questioning Jesus without immediately identifying now with the Pharisees. Mm. That's like a big, a big one for me. Yeah, because I go like, it, but it at least has made me, it, that, that's one of the other things that like they're constantly, they're in all the gospels, they're always there questioning Jesus and we sort of one-dimensionalize them where it's mm-hmm. like they are they represent this and it's like no they're people who like have been studying the law forever and that's like it's been their life like maybe if i humanize them for a second i can act and and then i you know put myself see jesus look look at jesus and i'm in the room with them like i would i would be asking these i would be trying to stump him too because i've like i'm the expert in the room and jesus is this new guy on the seat like i and i do that all the time i am i am the pharisee in many situations i remember the first time realizing that going like crap like yeah. that I've been reading this story so not helpfully for so long and that that's been way more helpful to see myself as the correct character i think for me i love it
1: right because it can inform who you are and how you're interacting yeah. and how you can shift the way you interact with the world to how so- christ is calling you to
0: absolutely cuz sometimes left unexamined you know the pharisees might as well be good old church people right and <laughs> yes. many of us are good old church people that's right you know I'll own the three
1: it. of us around this table yeah. have to own that we are all good old church good people. Good old church good people. Good old boys. Right. Good and, old boys. Okay, oh. and one woman, but it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well. <laughs> okay. Uh, so we have, we've allowed ourselves to enter the story, to make note of the sights and the sounds, the things that are happening around us, the smells, the tastes, the feels. We, we've tried to encounter the story and sort of allow it to play out again and again Mm -hmm. from several different angles asking ourselves what what is different from here what do we notice from here um what's next
1: then we just identify what's Mm. happened what are what are we feeling and we share that we share that um whether (laughs) with a piece of journal paper that we started last week that is going to allow us to formulate a prayer or whether that is just a prayer that we offer up to Christ, especially if Jesus is in the story. Yeah. Um, if it's an old Testament story, perhaps it's more appropriate for God or Holy spirit to be the one, right. That you kind of formulate that prayer to, but yeah. you kind of offer it all up. You offer the feelings, the meanings, the, um, Whatever it may be that you've experienced.
0: Well I think it's highly appropriate that we do it that way because what we have when we enter into the story this way, when we enter into the story of Holy Scripture, we are entering into a holy moment yeah where we're creating space in ourselves for God to be a work and alive and, and to keep that to ourselves mm-hmm. at that point just doesn't seem right. it doesn't right. seem um, like the way to go. Uh, and, and it feels like we are stunting the process if we just keep it to ourselves.
1: Right. And so in that kind of prayer, it can become one of those like first steps that you take of you're offering the story back to God, right? You're offering your experience back to God and then you're allowing God to kind of say what now, you know, in the way that you might feel the need to say, I'm always in the Pharisee's shoes. Mm-hmm. How could I have a little bit more of the crowd's perspective? Or how mm-hmm. can I have a little bit more of Christ's perspective in my life on that? Mm-hmm. And once you've made it through all these steps, there's one last thing to do.
2: Right, well, when you kind of have spent the amount of time in the story, the, naturally we just sort of tend to move on like our, our attention spans aren't aren't that long and so like when you kind of get to that place of like okay I've spent some time i maybe learned some new things I've seen through some new eyes naturally you tend to just move out of that and so when that awareness and that focus kind of is leaving um, I would say bookend that somehow with a prayer or a for me I would play guitar or sing or, Mm -hmm. you know, do, do something, make a Spotify playlist. I did that on Sunday. (laughs) I literally, I really did that (laughs) uh, literally yesterday. Um, But yeah, I, I I tend to sort of do something that's like, I had a thought, how can I connect this to something that I, you know, already have in my experience or in my life that um, I can just continue to kind of have it bubbling in my subconscious throughout the week. Um, And so that's, that's how I would end it
1: it's kind of like that centering moment that you start with. It, it's kind of that similar ending right. of the centering yeah. ending of everything that you've gained. Mm-hmm. So I think one question that people are going to have, and I'd just be interested to hear what our response is as three people who've encountered this before is, okay, That all sounded great, but that sounded like it could take a really long time. So, like, when you have experienced um, entering the story through the signation lens, like, on average, how much time do you spend with it?
2: When I was led through it the first time, Mm -hmm. it was like I was in a room full of people. So it was a very, like, intentional Mm – I didn't have anything to get back to. Like, I was at a seminar, basically, of things like this. And so it was like – that might have been – 10 to 15 minutes of just staying in the one story that we were in and, mm-hmm. and then being very intentional about we're going to approach it again and again and again and now look at the like it was yeah. leading but I've done it before and it's taken ten, I mean 10 minutes is pretty solid for if I'm going to do something like intentionally it probably should be at least
0: like yeah. <laughs> 10 minutes long yeah. I don't know but I don't know it might be longer
2: so it could be, it could be as short
0: as 10
1: minutes Daniel yeah. what about you
0: so I find my my mind is hard to quiet sometimes, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and, and so sometimes it takes me two or three minutes just to get to the place where I can start. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I'd say ten minutes is usually pretty good for me too, um, because uh, I try to encounter from a number of perspectives uh, or places within the story, but. Um, I find that if I try to encounter too many places in the story in a given period of time, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I I jump into the hyper-intellectualizing of what is happening, part of my brain. And and so um, I try to, in in that initial identifying the characters thing, I almost say going in, I'm going to do these two or three. Mm -hmm. Unless when I get in the physically or intellectually, imaginatively in the moment, something pops that I didn't expect to pop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then I, then I want to sit with that. But but usually three or four, mi- two to three minutes to kind of get there, mm-hmm. right? Um, five or so minutes uh, of encountering the story, being in the story. And so, frankly, sometimes it does extend far beyond that. But when you're in the moment, um, for me, when it has extended uh-huh. to 15, 20 minutes, Yeah it has done so in a very natural way where I don't notice that the time Mm -hmm. is passing. Right. Um, but I'd say on average for a, uh, 10, you can, you can faithfully experience this, I think, uh, in 10 minutes and certainly in 20. Yeah. Um,
1: i actually so i'm glad (laughs) y'all went first because i i feel like most people on average probably spend about 15 minutes with this ignatian entering the story um i actually love it and i know that about myself and so i actually typically end up spending about 30 to 45 minutes with it so it's one that i know don't do it in the morning because typically I don't have as much time in the morning unless it's like my day off kind of thing. And then it might be one that I add in or it's one that I just, I do in the evening so I can allot that time, Mm -hmm. um, for it. And so that's not to scare anyone away, but if, for me, it's cause I love those little details that Mm -hmm. you, um, so often miss when we don't spend a lot of time (laughs) in the story and my, biblical nerd brain will start pulling the threads of what are the people thinking and oh this is all informed by this bedrock of you know previous Mm -hmm. study which I know so many of us um, have that faithful bedrock to varying degrees that we can pull from to help inform what's happening in this moment so in that I spend so much time kind of building and fleshing out characters and
0: Mm. in the,
1: you know, like you set us in earlier, Daniel, of what is the temperature outside? Is it windy? You know, what is the tone of Jesus's voice speaking in this moment Mm. that for me, I find that by the time I'm done, it's more like 30 to 45 minutes have passed for me. Mm and I love that. And I love the kind of variety of things we've talked about over the mm. course of this series, because we've had things that can be as short as two or three minutes, which is yep. reading like a chapter of the Bible on right. average, right? Um, and we have ones like Lectio that can take, you know, 10 to 15 minutes on average. And you have Ignatian now, which is one that. Again, Ignatian and probably the three hikers method can be one of those ones right. that could be as short as 10, 15 minutes, but as long right. as 30 to 45 minutes if you really want to spend that time with it.
2: I'm actually going to push it even further the other direction too and say that. Like now <laughs> I don't uh, – I don't know. Like when, when I read a story now because Ignat- Ignatian is the one that like – was probably one of the first ones that I encountered that really shifted how I look at like how I read scripture in general. So like mm-hmm. whenever I read a story now even if I like hear the story in passing, I almost like naturally try to almost force not force myself, but like try to see a different angle and then that's just kind of like what I think about it and take it away. So even just like it hearing so it's a story very, very for you. it's yeah and it takes time to get there, but you know, I almost don't have to like do as much yeah. like, okay, get rid of everything. I'm just doing mm. that now. Um, but you know, that's, uh, that's le- definitely, definitely takes me less than 30 minutes. <laughs> to, <laughs> I don't have 30 minutes <laughs> to do that. But, um, what, what I'd be yeah.
0: interested in, because y'all have practiced this and experienced this quite a bit is, and, and Kiefer just hit on it uh, a second ago. He, uh, where does your mind or heart or soul first go? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Left unintentional, where yeah. do you go first uh, when you enter into the story? Do you go to the physical environment? Do you go to the wherever? Where? Do, yeah. Where? Where, where yeah. are you drawn first?
1: I think I see the physical space first because okay. I think and, you know, vision, oh, I just read this the other day, and I hate that I'll probably misquote it, but it's like something from like, I wanna say it's like 70% of our senses are dominated by our vision.
0: Mm,
1: And so we're very visual creatures. So for me, the most natural thing that I've noticed is that I will first see it. Hmm. I'll see where I'm standing, I'll see who's around. Um, And then where it gets texture and where I tend to spend all this time, right, is in that backing into the other senses of what builds it is more of what am I feeling, what am I touching, what Mm. am I tasting, or feel like you Mm. know physically feeling even um, wind or heat of sun, you know.
2: It takes me a a second to get there. Mm -hmm. I think I think I'm usually going. I immediately go like. Who are the characters? I, I probably stay in that first space of, like, who do I know is in the story, like, before I come to it? And mm-hmm. then when I read it the first time, I'm always like, is there somebody else present that I've overlooked? Yeah. And I and then when I read it again, I'll be, like, 100%. Fo- Even if they're just, like, name pops up. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I know they're in this room. They're not, they're, they're experiencing it just as much as everybody else that's named and maybe has, it's like. What level of extra in the movie are you? Do you know what I mean? Okay. Where it's like, mm-hmm. yep. Yep. You notice you notice the extras that have lines that got uh-huh. paid a little bit yep. to yep. be in it, but then there's always like, you know, the people in the blurry part of the screen. They're uh-huh. there and and they're there too. They got and a chicken I, sandwich. Right, and <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And I want to know, you know, um, I try to put myself in sometimes the outskirts of the of mm-hmm. the story, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of where I go. And o- often I always end up. Being most affected by whoever Jesus is mad at, <laughs> I yeah. identify with them, and I'm like, yeah, I've been there before. <laughs> Jesus would be mad with me too. <laughs> but
0: that is interesting. So when when I enter the space, and maybe I don't know, I'm a three, right? And so I spend a lot of my life tra- mm-hmm. reading the the emotional wave of a room mm-hmm. and how people are responding, and and. and and so when I enter a story, one of the first things that I'm wrestling with is how are they feeling right now, right? How is this person feeling mm-hmm. in this moment? How are they? In the, yeah. And what is like the, what is the emotional dynamic going on in this space? Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, I, part of the reason we've been working our way through Mark as a as part of this companion series, and, and Mark gives decent descriptions of what the the emotions of even though Mark is very sort of direct and to the point, the disciples in Mark in their bewilderment and their uncertainty, I mean, you can kind of get a glimpse of, of where they are and how Jesus is working in the way it's making them not just think, but feel. Mm -hmm. And, and so I think it is interesting. I think we can, as we try to find what does this mean for us, not just what does this mean academically or could we write a paper about it or whatever, but, but how does this speak to us? Um, we live so much of our lives, not necessarily in our heads, but in our hearts, right? Mm-hmm. right. In, in that emotional feeling space. Speak
2: for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I was like, we don't live in that space. <laughs> okay. Well, um,
0: and so, but it is interesting to, to sort of encounter what could be happening here. Yeah. Right? Where, where are. When people?
1: I'm healthier, I care more about. I was going to say, my
0: awareness of everybody's emotions of is
2: always just moments too late. Like, right? <laughs> that's, that's what. I'm aware of my impact on people's emotions.
0: Oh well, and and, and to be honest, it's like there are moments when I'm probably hyper aware. Oh right? yeah. Um and and so yeah, that uh, is it. It makes for an interesting perspective on life. And and, and I think about it, I mean this Ignatian method of reading scripture can also. Be applied to the, to the reading of scenarios in your life, mm-hmm. right? So if you have an encounter with somebody in your family, if you're getting ready for Thanksgiving, because Thanksgiving's coming up quick, yep. and you know Uncle is going to talk politics and make everybody anxious and nervous and and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you just
1: raised Keeper's point. I, I, I just did. Right
0: I, I, this Ignatian way of reading can give us a, a way of reading those those encounters we have in life, because you know sometimes we have encounters and and you leave it. And you talk to somebody after and they clearly had a very different experience of the same moment that you shared yep. that you did. And you're kind of going to go, well, how on earth did that happen? Mm-hmm. Right. Try running it through the same paradigm. Yeah. And, and it may increase your capacity for empathy, mm-hmm. your capacity for care, your capacity to to love and be in relationship with people who are different than you. Um, and that's the beauty of this method. Yes, it helps us understand how God's working in our lives through Scripture more fully, but it can also help us understand how life is happening around yeah. us more fully.
1: It can help us with, you know, sometimes we talk about the vertical relationship of us and God, and it can also help us with the horizontal
0: right. relationship
1: of us and neighbor, whether that's family at Thanksgiving or um church folk that we come across whether you know we're a congregation member checking out mm-hmm. a new church or yeah. um anything in between interaction with that co-worker you know Absolutely. all that kind of good
0: stuff. Th- those co-workers that don't read coworkers, come on <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today on the Gather Grow Go podcast. I'm Pastor Daniel.
2: I'm Pastor Melissa. And I'm Just Kiefer. And thank you again for joining us uh, today for this episode, this conversation. Um, Ignatian has just changed my whole world when it comes to uh, reading scripture, and um, I'm really glad that we get to share it and talk about it, and I'm glad that you're here talking about it with us. Some ways you can bring more people into this conversation, which is the whole goal um, is uh, we actually have an Instagram now. We are on, the Gather, Grow, Go podcast is on Instagram. We are at GGG underscore podcast. Took me Coming soon to TikTok. (laughs) I'm in charge (laughs)
1: of our TikTok. I feel like dad jokes are just make, waiting to make their arrival to TikTok. Hey, it I, could I be, may have a platform.
0: I think you know, so.
2: Okay. I hate to crack admit crack that I actually think Daniel would be amazing at TikTok. <laughs> like for some reason, yes. it just would work.
0: I feel like I need to add the disclaimer. <laughs> I have no idea what TikTok is, how it works, other, other than it's the newest social media platform. Longer
2: and vines with music. I don't... Yeah. I don't get okay. it but it is yeah. super right. It's like yep. coming up and so yeah. you know I just say bring Vine back. I don't,
1: but we're not on TikTok. Just Not we're, on TikTok we're not, though. We're not.
0: That that is my yes. bad attempt at a joke. Um. <laughs>
2: but we are on Instagram. So go follow us, uh, tag us and stuff, go share it with people, tell people about it. Um, and also just sh- if you like this episode, if this is something new to you or you um, you had that one person in your mind while we were thinking about this like, oh, Jimbo would really love Ignatian. Love this would it. be so cool for him. Um, share it with him. Share it with Jimbo. Uh, go tell him about it. Uh, tell him to listen to the episode. Uh, and um, maybe on the way to Thanksgiving, that's coming up. That's right. People Man. are going to be
1: in their cars. They
0: people are. going to be in their cars. So when people are in their cars... And they're going to need something to talk to their family about. So why not talk about Ignatian? Oh yeah. Spirituality with your family members at Thanksgiving. You, you can... have got the primer.
2: We know we're all looking for lists of things to bring up whenever it's getting tense (laughs) in family family conversation. So you can bring up Ignatian and and you can bring them into the conversation as well. So go do that.
0: Now that we have gathered together to encounter this story, the story of Holy Scripture, the story of our lives from multiple different angles, my invitation to you is very simple. Uh, Go into your life and into your world. Go to your encounter of Holy Scripture asking, what am I not seeing? Because I'm only looking at this through my lens. So if somebody's making you nuts at Thanksgiving, ask what is their perspective? And what am I missing? Because I only see them as this one person who won't give it up on Thanksgiving. When you encounter somebody in the Holy Scriptures who you're tempted to judge really quickly like those Pharisees, because man, if they just got it, Jesus is standing in front of them. Surely they could get it. Ask yourself, what does it look like to live life from their perspective? May we go this week May we grow this week in our capacity to see the world through somebody else's eyes.
1: And now go, receive this benediction, this blessing that's meant to be lived out as you go this week. As you go, may you encounter God in the person you overlooked in the story. May you encounter Christ as the one that holds up the mirror and creates space for you still. And may you go knowing that the Holy Spirit goes with you through your wrestlings, through your moments of feeling the wind on your cheek as you explore the space that is found when you're willing to enter the sacred text of the Bible. May you go in peace. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Amen.